Won't you turn with me, please, to the book of 2 Timothy, chapter number 3, verse number 16. 2 Timothy 3, 16. Very familiar uh, scripture this morning, and, but we're going to look in-depth at it, so don't think this is going to be a mundane, run-of-the-mill message. We are looking at, um, as we continue this series, we're preaching on the voice of the Father. You and I ought to be in tune to the voice of our Heavenly Father. Somebody say amen. I know you're finding your place, but the voice of the Father. And last week we said that the voice of the Father speaks through the Spirit, correct? Preached the whole message on how the voice of the Father speaks through the Spirit. Today we're going to talk about how the voice of the Father speaks through the Scriptures. These all begin with S, so you can remember them. The voice of the Father speaks through the Scriptures. Everybody found their place in 2 Timothy chapter number 3. All right, let's pray. Father, thank you for the day. Thank you for your blessings. Thank you, Father, for what's happening here. Lord, I'm so grateful to see the Spirit of God move amongst us, the spirit of joy and love and forgiveness and unity that we have here at this church. I praise you that we can experience that Every time we come here, and Lord, we praise you for that. I ask you to continue to build a hedge about us. I pray for Jerry now. Let you bless him there at home. Father, I pray you touch his body and bless the, the remainder of our construction project. Then, Lord, for all of our missionaries and, and all the ministries of our church, would you just continue to use us for your glory. Speak to our hearts from your precious word this morning, for it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. The voice of the Father speaks through the Scriptures. Listen to me, Christian. It is imperative that you read the Word of God. It is imperative that you study the Word of God. God's voice speaks through His Scriptures. Let me tell you something. I've got the problem-solving book in my hand. On my desk in my study, I have a DSM manual, which is uh, uh, for mental disorders. I use that occasionally, amen. Uh, but I'm going to tell you something. That doesn't have the answer. In my studies at home, I have books on engineering. I have books on literature. I have some of the great works of Mark Twain and Shakespeare. And, but let me tell you something. Those books don't solve problems. This one does. This old King James Bible friend will help you solve the problems in your life. When we immerse ourselves in the blessed pages of the scripture, God immerses his blessings into our heart. I can't tell you how many times I have read the word of God and it just blessed my heart. It was what I needed for that day. The scriptures and the spirit are absolutely inseparable. Let me say that again. The scriptures and the spirit are absolutely inseparable. You, it, the, listen, the Spirit will never lead you where the Scriptures forbid you to go. I hear some people say, oh, the Lord told me to do this, the Lord told me to do that. Well, if it doesn't match the book, you better not do it. It's the voice of someone else. It's the voice of Satan. So to be thoroughly familiar with the Scripture is to be thoroughly familiar with the voice of God. To be, have an intimate knowledge of Scripture is, is to have an intimate knowledge of the voice of the Father. I have a friend who uh, his father was uh, uh, recorded some back when the Carter family recorded back in the 1920s 
And he recorded some vinyl albums, some of the first folk music of the area. He laid it down on vinyl albums. And his father died in the 50s. And here recently he got out some of those albums from the 1920s. And he began to play some of his father's voice on those albums. And he said, I hadn't heard my father's voice in 70 years. And I cannot tell you what it meant to me and what it did inside of me after 70 years to hear a 100-year-old recording of the voice of my father. He said... The voice of his father, as he listened to that recording, reverberated in his soul. He said, I can't tell you what it did to me to hear his voice again. And I'm going to tell you something, friend. When you hear the voice of God, don't stay away from it. Don't move away from it. Don't let time remove you from it. Hey, it's good to hear the father's voice every single day. Our heavenly father's voice should reverberate in our soul. Our Heavenly Father's voice should be bring comfort to us. Our Heavenly Father's voice. I mean, what a comfort it is to hear your Father. What a comfort it is to know that you had an earthly Father who loved you and took care of you. And what, what, a, what a real joy it was to be with that and have that presence. But even so, it is greater with the Heavenly Father. How long has it been since you've really heard the voice of God speaking to you? How long has it been since you sat down with the Word of God and let the Spirit of God just saturate the Word into your very being and to hear His voice and to feel His comfort and to know His presence? Let's look here at first, at 2 Timothy chapter number 3 and verse number 16. I quote this verse all the time. And we're not going to spend a lot of time on this verse. It's the next one. The Bible says all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, and for instruction in righteousness that the man of God may be perfect throughly. If your Bible says thoroughly, it's wrong. It should be throughly furnished unto all good works. Sometimes they change the spelling there, but the, the actual word is throughly. I'll explain that in just a minute. All scripture is given by inspiration and is profitable. Every time you pick up your Bible and read your Bible and hear from God, it is profitable. Somebody say amen. The scripture is profitable. The Bible says it was given by inspiration. I've told you this before. The word inspiration is the Greek word theonoustos. It means theo means God and noustos means air. You have a pneumatic tire and so noustos means air. So this book is God air. It is God breathed. Inspiration of spirit. The Bible is the given to us by inspiration of spirit. Literally God breathed. Amen. Somebody said David wrote the Psalms. No, God wrote the Psalms. Somebody said Solomon wrote the Proverbs. Solomon penned the Proverbs, but the inspiration was the Holy Spirit. Somebody said John the Revelator wrote the book of Revelation. Jesus Christ wrote the book of Revelation. John just wrote down what Jesus instructed him to say. And so it is literally inspiration God breathed. 
I have a book by Billy Graham about that thick in my, it's an autobiography. And one of the things that jumped out to me in the whole book as I read it was the fact that Billy Graham said, my ministry never took off. My ministry was nothing until one day I went out to pray and I was wrestling whether this was really the word of God or not. And he said, I went out to pray and took my Bible with me. And he said, there in the woods on my knees, I settled it that this Bible was the word of God. And from that point, my ministry went national. You know what we ought to do this morning? Settle it in our minds and in our heart. That this book, every word is God-breathed. Every word is there by intricate and intimate design. Amen. Isaiah 55, 11 says this, So shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. Can, can I just tell you something this morning? Every time I open my Bible, I don't always understand it. You say, you're the preacher. You've got a master's degree. I don't always understand it. Somebody say amen. amen. I don't. Do I always comprehend it? The answer is no, I don't. Sometimes I have to do deep word studies and deep studies and maps and takes hours sometimes to study. So in my casual reading, no, I don't comprehend it sometimes. No, I don't understand it sometimes. But it is profitable for me to read. It is profitable for me to apply myself. The answer is no. Does, it, does this book always give me goosebumps when I read it? <laughs> the answer is no. Because I turn sometimes and it's Abraham beget Isaac and Isaac beget Jacob and Jacob beget, you know, <laughs> Zebekar and, and Iskalon and all them. I can't even pronounce them. But let me tell you something. What God is doing when I read through those things, God is giving me a working knowledge of the Bible. And God the Holy Spirit can take God the Scriptures and apply them to my heart when I read them. Amen. If you turn to the Word of God in your daily Bible reading, sometimes it's going to be Ezekiel measuring the temple. And I'm like, I don't care that it's 14 cubits this way and 13 cubits that way. That's really not helping me. Well, here's the thing. If you have a working knowledge of your Bible and you need wisdom, you know to turn to Proverbs. If you have a working knowledge of your Bible and you need encouragement, then you know to turn to Psalms. If you have a working, and you only get that working knowledge by reading it. And when you read it, and you read it, and you read it, and you get that working knowledge of the Bible, if you want to know Christian doctrine and New Testament doctrine, you turn to Ephesians and Galatians. If you want to know about salvation, you turn to Romans. If you want to know about the future, you look at Revelation. God gives us, it is God's voice, God's voice. Don't let God's voice lay on the coffee table, amen. Don't let God's voice sit on the shelf. Let God's voice penetrate your heart on a daily basis. Amen. The Bible says he has magnified his word above all of his name. If you read it and don't understand it, pray over it. If you read it and it seems vague, ask the Lord to help you. 
Be faithful when you don't understand the interpretation. Be faithful to read when it doesn't grasp you like it did yesterday. Continue to read the word of the living God. It is God's voice. He has magnified his word above all his name. His name is so high that at the name of Jesus, demons had to flee. At the name of Jesus, sickness had to go away. At the name of Jesus, hey, listen, this world one day is going to melt down at the name of Jesus but he's magnified his word above all his name (laughs) how high is his word then the Bible says his word is forever settled in heaven if it's forever settled in heaven I better forever settle it in my heart now praise God yes sir his name is high the Bible says now here's where we want to focus look at verse number 17 so let's, let me skip read it like this. The Bible says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God. That's verse 16. That's a man of God. Or if you're saved, you're a man of God or a woman of God. This is not just to the preacher. That, that we, must put it this way, verse number 17, that we may be three things, perfect, throughly furnished, unto all, number three, good works. The word perfect. There's, the Bible wants to perfect us. But we'll never be perfect. Let me say that again. The Bible wants to perfect us, but we'll never be perfect. I don't care how much you study. I don't care how much you live for God. I don't care how much you pray. I don't, you can go by the creek and drink creek water and eat lettuce, praise God, and you'll never be perfect. But the Bible, it's the word, the Greek word, artios. It is God's craftsmanship. God is working on us. He is working on us. The word artios, perfect, means complete. It means mature. It means fitted. I like this. The, the Greek lexicon said this. It means here and now. I'll explain that in a minute. I had to think about that for just a minute. Artios, perfect, means here and now. Uh, the craftsman pol- completes artios. That's where we get the word artsy. And so the craftsman completes a work. I think of this. I was a machinist at one time, and I built gears. And those gears, if you build a metal gear that has to mesh, it has to be fitted within thousands of an inch. And that's what God wants to do with us. He's artios. We're his workmanship. He's creating us. So the first word here is the word perfect. He wants to make a gear that will work and will fit. It is mature. It is complete. And I like this word. It is here and now. You know what I'm finding in our world today? There's a lot of people who aren't here and now. And I'm one of them sometimes. Does your mind ever go to Jupiter and you lose situation awareness? Come on now, don't look at me like that. How many times I ran a stop sign? I'm like, oh wow, where was my mind? I mean, really. The wor- but here's the word of God will make us here and now. It seems like our generation... Be with me on it. Our generation has lost an ability to have situation awareness. We've got our minds on our cell phone. 
We've got our minds on what's going to take place tomorrow. We're planning this. We're watching movies. We're living in fantasy. We're living in fiction. We're living in fairy tales. But I'm going to tell you something. The voice of God will bring me here and now. The voice of God will clear up a lot of this muddled up confusion that's going on in our world. The voice of God through the Word of God will make me have situation awareness, make me deal with my sin now. It'll straighten me out, praise God, for right now. God help us to get in the Word. You see, Satan's voice is not a voice that speaks with clarity. Satan always muddles everything up. Satan always makes things ambiguous and vague. He always makes things obscure and uncertain. How often do we hear the, today the, the word uncertain? It's a buzzword. Everybody's using, oh, well, we're living in uncertain times. You turn on the news, uncertain times. You know who's the, the, the cause of that? The devil. Uncertain. I'm going to tell you something. You hear the voice of God, you hear something certain. You'll hear something that will stabilize you. You'll hear something that will make you steadfast in an unsteadfast world. God speaks clearly in his word. His word is intelligible. His word is instruction. His word is informative. Get in the word of God. It is God's voice. Yes, sir. God speaks clear in his word. Now, let's look at the second thing. He says that, uh, that the man of God may be perfect. We're done with that word for just a little while. And then he says, truly furnished. Now, that word truly is the word exortizo. It's like an ex-exacto knife, if you want to think of it like that. And what that means is, is a, a continuation of perfection. I mentioned perfection is like making a gear, a real intricate gear. So the first word perfection is like making a gear. The second word here, throughly furnished, exartizo, means that that gear is made so it functions with other gears. It functions. So God wants to complete us and mature us so that we mesh with him, first of all. Somebody say amen. We mesh with God. He is making us to exact tolerances so we mesh with the Holy Spirit so we hear the voice. But God is making us in exact dimensions so we mesh with each other. So God can, listen, if you've got all these gears laying out in the yard and you don't put them together so they mesh, you'll never get any work done. But if you put them together and make them work in the rear end of your car, I guess I should say in the differential of your car... Somebody will say the preacher preached on rear ends today. <laughs> well, he probably had a lot of subject matter, too. But if, when those gears go together in the differential of your car, then you can produce good works. Those gears in a tractor can plow a field. Those gears in a harvester can cut hay. Those gears can do productive work. A gear is made to not only mesh with God, he's making us to mesh with other people. And then he says this, the third thing is unto good works. God does not shape us and perfect us and mature us so that we mesh with him, we mesh with our fellow man, and so we can all become piece of an equipment that's going to do bad works. Somebody say amen. God has perfected us. He has truly furnished us to do good works. 
good works, to have a good attitude, to speak good words, to have good actions. Listen, the, the Bible says the good tree brings forth good fruit. The Bible says that the good ground and the good seed brings forth life a hundredfold. The Bible says that a man out of the abundance of his heart brings forth good things. God is perfecting us Truly furnishing us that we might mesh together and bring forth good works. What a blessing. The Bible says in Luke 1.53, this is Mary. She said, he hath filled the hungry with good things. He's filled the hungry with good things. Are you hungry for the word of God? Did you come hungry for the word of God? I know I came to Chill Howie this morning and I was hungry for hardies, praise God. And I went out there, and there was Bill and Rodney and Linda Collins, and we all had a steak, egg, and cheese biscuit together, praise God, and a big glass of sweet tea. I was hungry, but I was also hungry to fellowship with you. I was also hungry to hear from the Word of God. I was also hungry to hear the voice of my Father. Did you come hungry this morning? I hope you did. If you come hungry, I hope you're getting fed, praise God, because that's what church is all about. He hath filled the hungry with good things, the Bible says. Let me read you something from, I don't usually do this, but I thought this was so good. This is the introduction to most Gideon Bibles. I don't think they put it in there anymore, but this is an old introduction. I loved it. Here we go. The Bible contains the mind of God, the state of man, the way of salvation, and the happiness of believers. Its doctrines are holy, its precepts are binding, its histories are true, and its decisions are immutable. Read it to be wise, believe it to be safe, practice it to be holy. It contains light to direct you, food to support you, and comfort to cheer you. It is the traveler's map, the pilgrim's staff, the pilot's compass, the soldier's sword, the Christian's charter. Here, paradise is restored, heaven opened, and the gates of hell disclosed. Jesus Christ is its grand subject. Our good is its design, and the glory of God is its end. It should fill the memory. It should rule the heart, guide the feet. Slowly read it, frequently, prayerfully. It is a mine of wealth, a paradise of glory, a river of pleasure. It's given to you in life and will be opened at the judgment and remembered forever. It involves the highest responsibility and will reward the greatest labor and will condemn all who trifle with its sacred contents. Wow. The Gideons put a lot of thought in that, didn't they? Boy, this book, let me tell you something about this book. This book is supernatural. It's not natural. I can read Twain. I've read Twain. I got those books from my grandfather who read Mark Twain. I've got Shakespeare. I've got works by lots of famous art uh, authors. But hey, no other book has changed me like this book. No other book has done for me what this book has done. This book is supernatural. The Bible says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. 
speaking unto yourself and teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly. Storing the word of God in your heart gives the Holy Spirit some material to work with. Let me say that again. Storing the word of God in your heart gives the Holy Spirit material to work with. I cannot explain it fully, but I've had the Holy Spirit bring, bring scriptures to my mind, and I'm wondering where I even had that stored. When did I read that last? When did I memorize that last? Yet when I needed it, the Holy Spirit brought it out. I've been preaching, and somehow the scriptures just jump into my mind. Why? Because I put them there a long time ago, and somehow the Holy Spirit can reach down in the, in, the, in the annals of my heart and pull out Scripture. Let me give you some practical examples of how that works. Sometimes when I'm confronted with a conflict, I mean this world is full of conflict, is it not? And when I'm confronted with a conflict, this book says, A soft answer turneth away wrath, but grievous words stir up strife. Boy, when I'm faced with a conflict, I often quote that to myself. Be careful, George, how you speak. This situation is getting explosive. This situation is getting out of hand. Try a kind, soft word. You'll be surprised at exactly what happens. The Bible says only through pride cometh contention. Sometimes you and I, to avoid a conflict, are going to have to swallow our pride to keep our mouth shut. Amen. And if we do speak, let it be soft words. The Bible also says that a soft word breaketh the bone. When you want to choke the living snot out of somebody, try a soft word. It breaks the bone. Amen. When somebody tries to get me to take sides in a personal matter, you know what jumps into my mind? The first thing that jumps into my mind is a proverb that says, He that goeth by and meddleth with strife that doesn't belong to him, it's like taking a dog by the ears. Therefore, leave off strife before it be meddled with. Oh, yeah. Amen. How many times do we get in trouble? Christian, I'm preaching to you because we meddled with something we should have never meddled with in the first place. And the Bible says, you remember that. The Bible says if you meddle there, it's going to be like taking a dog by the ears. You're going to get bit, pal. Amen. I'm talking about how God speaks. We're talking about the voice of the Father and how the God uses, God the Holy Spirit uses the Scripture. When the devil tempts me with money, I quote this Scripture. The Bible says, He that is greedy of gain will trouble his own house. You know how many homes in this county are troubled right now because they're so greedy? How many families have been broken because they're so greedy? What, what about if the pastor got greedy? You know how many churches have been busted in this county because the pastor got greedy? He that is greedy. I'm talking about how the Holy Spirit takes the word of God and speaks to our heart. What about with the opposite sex? The Bible says that a strange woman is a narrow pit. You want to get in a mess? Fall in a narrow pit with no ladder to get out. Hey, the Bible says a strange lover is a deep ditch. Don't fall in that thing. You're a fool if you fall in that thing. Somebody say amen. amen. 
We're living in a world that is, that is so sexual. It is pushed on us on advertisements. It's pushed on us everywhere. I can't even study my Bible without things, ads popping up. And then I take a piece of sticky note and I cover it. If I don't, I'm distracted. Somebody say amen. I, I'm telling you, I'm just being honest with you. Hey, the Bible says a strange woman is a narrow pit. A strange lover is a deep ditch. Don't fall in that. When I'm tempted to drink, the Bible says that wine is a mocker and strong drink is raging. And whosoever is deceived thereby is not wise. The Bible says the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty. I quote those things to myself because I need them. Sometimes the voice of the Lord just whispers his word because God knows that a soft answer turns away wrath. And sometimes the voice of the Father is a whisper in my ear. And sometimes the voice of the Father is so strong it comes in a commanding way. Now God doesn't always speak in a commanding way and I wish he did because I'm hard-headed. But I need to stay sensitive to the Holy Spirit so I hear the whisper of God's voice. Fill your mind with the Word of God. Fill your heart and your soul with the precious Word of God. Not only will it stop you from doing wrong, not only will it help you in those troublesome situations, it will give you some comfort. <laughs> I don't always feel loved. I look at my life. And I look at the way I act sometimes, and I say, Lord, who in the world could love me? How could God love me? And then I open his book, and the Bible says, God says, Yea, I have loved thee with an everlasting love. With loving kindness have I drawn thee. And I say, praise God, he still loves me. He still loves me in spite of my failures. He still loves me in spite of me. Hey, for God so loved the world. Put your name in the place. For God so loved you. Hey, open this book and find some love. If you can't find love, you can't spread love. That's why, let me tell you something. If the devil can make you feel unloved, you'll never love anybody else. I'm not talking about self-love. I'm talking about the realization that God loves you. I can't fathom sometimes that God loves me. But you know what? God's word is his voice. He's thundering with his voice. I've loved you with an everlasting love. We all ought to be running on that one. When you feel burdened. When you feel like the world is coming in and overwhelming you. The Bible says cast all. Here's the voice of God for when you feel burdened. The Bible says cast all your care on Him for He careth for you. There's no need for you to walk around in the mully grubs with your lips dragging the ground. Cast your care on the Lord, the Bible says, and He will sustain you. Praise God. I don't have to wallow around in anxiety. I can get on my knees and give it to my big brother. He'll take care of it. When you feel guilty, you ever feel guilty, shameful, guilty? The Bible says, here's the voice of God. For, that, for there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. 
Praise God. The devil can point shame at me. The devil can point guilt at me. The devil can say, hey, you remember what you did? Remember what you said? Hey, and I'll just say there is now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus. I'm in Christ Jesus. He took my shame. He took my guilt. He took my sin. Praise God. Devil, take that. Somebody said when the devil shows you your past, then to show him his future. Praise God. When you feel condemned, when you feel guilty. And boy, this one spoke to me. I want to slow down just a minute because this one really spoke to me. When you feel like life has no purpose, what am I here for? Why was I created? What's what's the purpose? What's the use? The world's falling apart. The nation's going to pot. I mean, what's the use? Open this book and hear his voice say this. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus who walk, let's see, unto good works. Let me read it again. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works which God hath prepared beforehand. God had a plan. I don't care if your world is falling apart. I don't care if the whole globe is falling apart. God said, you are my workmanship. I created you as a gear. I put you in that set of planet gears. I installed you in that tractor to plow up some good ground. Hey, I created you. I'm your craftsman. I'm your creator. And I thought about this beforehand. I have a plan for your life. And if you'll fit into my plan, I'll mature you. I'll thoroughly, truly furnish you unto good works. God has a purpose. Lastly. When you need patience. The Bible says that in your patience possess you your soul. You ever lose your soul because you lost your patience? I'm not talking about losing your soul in salvation and be damned to hell. I'm talking about just losing it because you lost your patience. In your patience possess you your soul. What about your temper? Y'all not going to believe this, but I used to have temper. And if I ain't careful, it flares back up. You say, what would you do about that, preacher? I memorized me about five verses of Scripture. So the Holy Spirit, I wanted to arm the Holy Spirit against me. <laughs> the Holy Spirit needed some admonition against George. So I began to memorize some Scripture. He that is soon angry dealeth foolishly. Anger, anger resteth. In the bosom of fools. He that ruleth his spirit is better than he that taketh a city. Let me tell you something. If you get you about four or five verses memorized, and every time your temper flares up, you just take a deep breath and start quoting some scriptures, you'll hear the voice of God. You probably won't make as big a mistake as you was about to make if you didn't. Amen, preacher. It'll help you to hear the voice of God. Jesus said the words as I close the message. Jesus said the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life.
You want to enjoy life? This book won't put you in the doldrums. It'll be a blessing. This book won't depress you. It'll be an uplift. It'll be a hope. It'll give you encouragement. The Bible says the Word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intent of the heart. Quick, powerful, sharp, piercing, even to the heart. Let God's voice speak to you. You say, now, preacher, I needed to figure out who I needed to marry, and I couldn't find it in the Bible. Well, if you'll read this book, it'll tell you the character of the person that you ought to marry. And I'll guarantee you, if you line them up with this book, that'll get rid of about 99% of your choices. Amen. God's voice. You see, preacher, I tried, to, I tried to find God's will of which school I should go to. Well, figure out what that school stands for and what they teach, and I'll guarantee you about 90% of schools will get kicked out. You'll just have a smaller choice. It'll be a lot easier to be led by the Spirit. <laughs> You say, preacher, what color should I paint my house? I don't know, but it shouldn't look like a haunted house. Amen. <laughs> preacher, which car should I drive? I don't know, but if you read this book, it'll tell you to buy a Chevrolet. <laughs> yeah. You remember the old song, On a hill far away stood an old Chevrolet. <laughs> hey, what are you saying, Preacher. The Bible says, this book of the law shall not depart out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe and do all according to it as it is written therein. And then thou shalt make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Let's all say amen. Appreciate you being here, every head bowed and every eye closed. I just want to ask you, no uplifting of hands, no invitation. I just want to ask you, do you want to hear his voice? And if you do, will you get in his word? Brother Brian's going to pray for us. Come on, brother. Dear Heavenly Father, as we close the service this morning, Lord, I just thank you for the power of your word, Lord. I thank you for your Holy Spirit that speaks to us, Lord. Lord, I just pray that it would be each of our desires to grow closer to you, Lord, through a communion with you, Lord, that we would open ourselves and put ourselves in the way of blessing, Lord, that we would desire to commune with you through your word, Lord, which is right in line with your spirit, Lord. And Lord, I truly do want to pray for our revival coming up this week, Lord. I just pray that you would just allow us just to be here and be faithful to that which you have for us, Lord. Lord, I pray that you would be uh, just... Go before us, Lord, and just if there be one here that doesn't know you as our personal Lord and Savior, that they would get saved either today or in the days ahead, Lord. Lord, we just thank you for all you do for us. Now bless us as we go our separate ways, and we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.